Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly, Sarah, and Kim, and today is our book topic, and our topic is mythic fiction. This is a new series that we are, or run where we're starting, where we have picked a genre for each month of the year. We have each picked a book, or are going to pick a book, because I know these two, they'll make a comment, uh, going to pick a book to fit each genre for each month, and we are going to see how we feel about the genre as a whole, plus kind of discuss the things that make any particular genre unique. And since we are starting with mythic fiction, it's going to be a lot of me talking. I just know it. So I hope everyone is willing to listen to my voice for an extended period of time. So with that, I'm actually going to ask you two a question. What have you, Are either of you familiar with mythic fiction? Beyond the very cursory that I told you. That you told me? No. The brief description I gave to so you guys knew what to pick for mythic fiction. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sarah, you did sounded so disgruntled. <laughs> so are you guys... we read in school, man? It's boring as fuck. Okay. So Sarah does not have a great opinion of mythic fiction. What about you, Kim? What are your feelings on mythic fiction? I, I I didn't find it boring as fuck um, in school, but it's not something I tend to seek out. Okay, so Which would for the listener, why our books that Sarah and I picked aren't actually mythic fiction? <laughs> actually, they are. Yeah. Both both books are mythic fiction. So for the poor listener who's going, okay, but what the hell is mythic fiction? Uh, mythic fiction is rooted or inspired by or in some way draws from the tropes, themes, and symbolism of myth, legend, folklore, and fairy tales. So, this month we're going to be reading three books. The, fir the first one we're reading is Peter Darling by Austin Chant. That was Sarah's pick, which is a reimagining of Peter Pan. Then Kim picked Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher, which is a fairy tale reimagining where all the secondary characters in a fairy tale are now the main characters. And then I picked Psyche and Eros, which is a retelling of the myth of Psyche and Eros. So all of those, by the very basic like description, fit as mythic fiction. I think the only one that might be a little bit of a stretch is maybe Peter Darling. But I think the way that Peter Pan has developed in the collective, like, mainstream, it, it's gotten to fairy tale folklore level meaning, expectation longevity kind of thing would you guys okay, agree so, disagree so the reason why i said ours didn't fall into this is because i don't i wasn't thinking mythic fiction as you as you defined it because mm -hmm. i was curious about it and what the difference was between myth legend and fairy tale and so i did my own little bit of itty bitty bit of research so i was thinking myth not mythic fiction so the mm. way you define it, yes, all of the books fall into that. 
Um, and I would agree with Peter Pan. I, I think it's more of a zeitgeist thing anymore, um, especially since there have been uh, several things that have re-imaged Peter Pan. And I, I think once you get into re-imaging something that was original, I would say Peter Pan falls into a fairy tale. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's that's, more that's of where modern I Modern day fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Any thoughts over there? No. Are you just along for the ride? I'm just here. Okay. Here because I have to be. <laughs> All right. So I did do a little bit of very cursory research. I will not say this is, was not my greatest research efforts, but mythic fiction isn't something that people regularly realize they're seeking out or like have massive discussions on. It's It's not fantasy. It is fantasy, but like it's not how the public goes fantasy, science fiction, historical fiction. You know, it's not like one of the big categories. So, as I had said, it was ones that used myth, legend, folklore, and fairy tale. Um, however, it should be noted, most people would think of that as like fantasy, but not all mythic fa- fiction is actually fantasy. Um, and sometimes the fantastic component isn't always like present or not present it, it's not always apparent um it ranges anywhere from retellings of fairy tales to stories that are barely very loosely based on myth but are using the motifs from myths and legends to create new stories so an example might be is if someone were to take say rumpelstiltskin um and you write a story where a mysterious man makes a bargain with a woman and she has to complete a series of tasks in order to succeed in this unlikely situation. You could have that as a contemporary romance. She could be in an office setting where she's been trapped into a job that if she fails, it, you know, is going to be a problem. If you then bring in those elements of Rumpelstiltskin where she has to complete tasks, they're impossible he comp you know makes it probable for her to do it and fall in love that's Rumpelstiltskin that's still a mythic fiction it's just being retold does that make sense yep yeah okay so keeping that in mind uh the term was actually invented by Charles DeLint and Terry Windling uh, to describe their own work. They they titled their work as mythic fiction, and then it's kind of progressed from there. And mythic fiction actually overlaps a lot with urban fantasy and contemporary fantasy. And they're kind of sometimes interchangeable, uh, but mythic fiction can also include contemporary works in non-urban settings. Um, The other thing that it regularly kind of gets compared to or like misidentified with is magic realism so magic realist texts uh take a surreal or random symbolism in preference to symbolism drawing on myth and legend um so an example of that might be you might have a real world setting and there's a magical door and as long as that door isn't making a reference to a myth or legend and the structuring of a myth and legend story, then that's more of a rat- magical realist situation rather than mythic fiction. Does that 
Still making sense? Yep. Yes. Okay. Any questions from either of you about that or anything you think that the listener might be questioning that you would like to pretend to be the listener? No. Nope. No. Music fiction just sounds very broad as a term. Um, so I can guarantee you that I will forget most of the important parts when we have to actually describe the books as to whether they fit it or not. It'll just be like, I don't know, well, I guess. The nice thing is we're still using our current structure. Yeah, we're still using our categories to discuss it. It's just that we're theming our stories around this. And I might be like, okay, what do you guys think? Do you think this actually was an interesting story do you think it was successful as a mythic fiction and if you go ah i don't know because i don't remember what mythic fiction was that's okay i'll probably be like remind me again what that is and i will yeah so do either of you think you have read a lot of mythic fiction in the past i don't know yes what is it i think i think i have did you just ask me again what it is as we're discussing it for the book topic, Sarah? Questions. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know why, but I don't really think about it in terms of like fairy tales. Um, mm. And for some reason, before we started this, I was just thinking of it as like retellings of older stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like when I think of mythic fiction. And this doesn't really fit because it's not a retelling. I usually just think of like all the Greek stories, um, like Greek mythology, any story that relates to those, because I've read those before. Um, so like what I picked. Yeah. Psyche and Eros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I don't know. So- I, like, would Beauty and the Beast, not Bed, Bath and Beyond is what my brain was trying to say. Beauty and the Beast <laughs> has a lot of retellings. Do those mm-hmm. count as mythic fiction? Okay. Yes. So like Akatar, while a fantasy <laughs> is also a mythic fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um any of the like books that reimagined Cinderella, all of those are mm. mythic fiction. Yep. Even well, if to, you as you say according to Goodreads the number one mythic fiction book is the Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, so, yeah, the Hobbit, which it does, Babylon, it... yeah, yeah. So yes, I read a lot of mythic fiction. Yeah, apparently. Uh, so that's what I was going to say. Is I bet you you both actually read a lot more mythic fiction than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pulled a list of titles that I thought you and or the common man would be like, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I was gonna say Joe Blow, but Joe Blow seemed like <laughs> not I don't like either term, but go ahead. I know, I know. The average reader populace. The, the average, average reader, reader, the general populace would be able to go like, oh, I think I've heard of that one. So with that, Joe the the first one is actually one that we have read. Okay. And that is The Golem and the Genie yep. by Helen oh, yeah. Record. I vaguely remember that one. That you would be cons- Oh, so much. It definitely was not dying. Boring. That's for you sure. Were, you were dying to read the sequel. 
Oh, that's right. There was a sequel. There was, yes. I still haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, that is a mythic fiction. It is taking elements of a legend, so the jinn and the golem, and telling them in a more contemporary setting. It's, it falls a little oh, bit God. closer Does to a historical not mean setting. Every vampire book would be mythic fiction. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I have read a shit ton of mythic fiction too, especially if you throw werewolves. Yeah, it gives Twilight no. way more gravitas than it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> so then another one, and this one is a, a bit more of a stretch. I'm sure you'll recognize the author, but I know I haven't read this book yet. It's called The Ice Queen, and it's by Alice Hoffman. Practical Magic. She wrote Practical Magic. Oh. Yeah, um, and the Dove Keepers is another one that's also well known. So the Ice Queen is a retelling of the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale of the Ice Queen, Snow Queen, something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay, the next two I know for sure you guys have not only heard of but have likely read and that is american gods and anansi's boys by neil gaiman oh yeah both of yeah. those yeah those are I both say, mythic just, fiction just about anything by because that's like gaiman's bread and butter is, is he likes to spin fiction you know mythic stories and yeah something different and his are the best example of like that contemporary urban setting of the fantasy elements that it goes into because he's taking these mythical creature or mythical people being legends and putting them in the modern day. Um, so that's kind of, I think the best example, another one that actually probably falls under mythic fiction that I know Sarah has read is the iron Druid series by Kevin Hearn. I was going to reference that one earlier. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> so yeah that would be mythic fiction because it does reference a lot of the norse norse gods uh irish fairy fairy folk gods and goddesses like but contemporary setting um and vampires it, it did have vampires in it as well man we really should read that and discuss that for the podcast but i don't know that i get there and read it again series, though. it is but it was delightful at least to me is that what you tried to get me to read and I backed out of it? Amberly, we cannot read that series because we will have to say those names. It's impossible. <laughs> we will have to be like character A, character B, the dog that talks, and... This is the one with the, that you tried to get me to read and I didn't The Irish Oberon. Wolfhound. The yeah. Irish Wolfhound, yeah. Oprah. That one, I guess, is an easy name, but I forgot what his name was. <laughs> I know, I had a Oberon. panic. I had a panic where I was like, oh no, it's what is his name? And then I was like, wait, no, it's Shakespearean. And I was like, Oberon, that's what it is. That is, that is. except for that one, I would probably listen to the audiobooks the second time around so I would know how to say the names. So. Until you had to speak them and then you would forget. Oh man. <laughs> but that. Maybe I'll make that first one my birthday pick or something. We'll see how I feel come August. Um. But yeah, so that would be another mythic fiction. Then for anyone who's going, okay, well, you've now named a bunch of white people. <laughs> uh, another example is Louise Ed 
Erdrich, which I apologize because I'm going to say that. I know I said that incorrectly. Um, who wrote The Antelope Wife. Again, an author we, we actually have read. We read her short story. That was the one with Godzilla at the school. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Antelope Wife is an indigenous myth retold, reimagined. And then another one that I wasn't expecting to be on this list, but I recognized was um, Isabel Allen's The House of, of the Spirits, which is a Latin-influenced story. Um, and actually probably her, like, what made her a household name. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Danny. Those are just kind of some broad examples. And I don't know. What, what do you guys... How do you feel about mythic fiction? Does it just feel like a weird, like, cop out for just like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Speak. No, it doesn't uh, feel like a cop out. It's it's one of my. Now that we've got lists and all of that, it's one of my favorite uh, genres. I guess is yeah. It seems I mean, really broad, but yeah, yeah, really broad. Now that I've heard this it's like oh i could have chosen a lot of different options um, yeah. rather than scraping the bottom of the barrel in a panic being like i don't know what the fuck mythic fiction is you but made a good choice I, i've already read what you picked you made a good i choice. know i saw your reading i was like oh okay yeah. I, I, yeah. I was a little hesitant about it um i haven't started it yet though so you haven't yeah. read it yet no oh. i don't read I until closer to the recording time Kim's already read it and started on her pick. Yep. Which is? Nettle and Bone. Nettle and Bone. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the third one to come from the library, which is Amberly's pick, the Eros and Psyche one. Yeah. Um, definitely should have it in three weeks. I hope so. I'm very excited. I actually, I'm pretty excited for all of the picks that we're doing this month. Um, I think we each took a different route with mythic fiction. So I think we're going to highlight some very interesting diversity in that tr- section of it. Cause like I definitely went for more of like the myth elements. So mine is psyche and arrows. I can't remember if it's actually a contemporary version of it. Um, let me see here. Okay, I'm curious. Hi Danny. I love you too, but you do not need to clean my arm mostly because you do it so weird. Let's see here. Yeah, okay, so mine is because it's a. Uh, oh, nope, that's the author is a social worker by day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, it is very modern, but okay. Excuse me. Kim's not paying any attention. I know she's not. We heard your phone start making noise. Did you want me to pay attention to you looking up information on your book? I would like you not to randomly play videos. I'm not playing videos. I'm contemplating buying a bag. A what? A bag. A bag. Oh, I couldn't tell if you had a bag or bed. No, I already got a bed. So mine falls more as a, like, it's it is the original legend, so more of the myth, but it sounds like it maybe has a more of a feminist take on Psyche than traditionally is done in the 
the thing. Uh, the, it, the thing. The legend, if that makes sense. Am I allowed to drink water? As long as you aren't playing random audio clips, then yes. We can't hear you drinking water. <laughs> so yeah. Any other thoughts? Are you guys excited to do a different genre each month? Yeah, sure. Some of these genres. can't hear you nodding your head. Kim, you should specify that that was Kim. I was responding I did. verbally. She did. She did. I, she I, said, I said Kim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's because you yes, started talking. <laughs> I am excited for this, but right now I've had like several really good reads, so I'm just excited to be reading and enjoying everything I'm reading. So that's nice. That's yeah, that's really nice. That's great when that happens. Is that not happening yeah. for you, Sarah? It hasn't happened for me in a long time. I mean, like you know, you get the occasional good book like Murderbot, but then everything else is mediocre or just kind of boring. And then so one we'll of these months, we're going to find your new genre fixation, and you're just going to be so happy. Don't know. Oh, I don't think we know. are. I, I mean, from the options that we have, I really don't know. It's not like I'm going to fall in love with American Gothic. I did not claim that American Gothic was going to be the one for you. I just said you, you might get surprised and find your new fixation not an old fixation a new fixation i don't know time will tell i suppose you looked really excited there for like a half a beat like you were gonna say when something and it changed your mind oxygen well you went That's exactly when <laughs> it was like the opposite of a sigh very excited to breathe <laughs> I forget sometimes, oh. you know. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> you know, I do um, want to say that you guys made me change. You guys, Amberly specifically, made me change my mystery pick. But on Goodreads, it is under the mystery genre. Um, just wanted to point that out because I noticed that the other day. Okay, what did you have originally? I had "We Have Always Been Here." And it's science fiction, horror, thriller, fiction, mystery is what's listed. Unless they've updated the page in the last 12 hours. The one by Lena Wynn? Yes. Here. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to do it, but I just wanted to point that out. Oh, I want it. I mean, technically, you could put it in soft science fiction because it is uh, the main character is a psychologist. I already have a soft science fiction picked out, though, that I want to do, which I forgot what it was. Oh, I think I put Ascension in there because Kim took Ascension out and I wanted to read that one. You did put Ascension in there and Kim mm -hmm. has the principle of moments. So you can always change yours, Kim. No, I want this under mystery. <laughs> nope, Sarah has the force demands its due now. Yeah, I know. I wasn't sure she if I wanted to keep want that, that one, but... She wants... We have always been here. It's YA, so I was like, mm, do I really want to do that right now? But I think I'll keep it. 
I'm excited for mine. I love the author I picked. What was yours? Uh, it is. Oh, I think I remember you talking about this one as you were trying to decide. And you're very excited yeah. about it. I was super excited for those wondering. Simone St. James is the author. And I was trying to decide which Simone St. James book we should do. And I picked the book of cold cases. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it was that or Murder Road. And I really was not sure. It was really hard to pick. Or The Broken Girls. All, all of them are good. I, I mean, I could just like dedicate an entire month to making you guys read Simone St. James. And I would be happy um, to do so. <laughs> but I don't think you guys would appreciate that. Sounds like a a good time for sure. Now, I know the month you're most excited for is the vampire month, Sarah. You know, I'm not really worried about that one. Oh, good. I was yeah, kind of worried been... you'd be worried about that one. We no, did forego the Western the romance. About. Oh, God, Western romance. <laughs> However, oh. did you notice that I did manage to throw in a Western romance? You fucker, where? <laughs> I'm not telling you. Like, in one of these months? Yeah. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> I, I, there, there is one that House also fit under Thunder. the other ones. It's nope, obviously not, House of not it, but that sounds no. familiar. It's really good. I love House of Hunger. I've read it before. Have I read the? Oh no, I'm thinking of the Hollow. The Hollow. The Hollow ones. Yeah. Oh, I've I saw you read this one. I remember this picture on Goodreads as you did the updates. Yeah. Um. I was like, oh, this is a vampire book. Is this over the vampire month, Sarah? It sure is. You should have paid more attention. Okay. Um, well, I know it's not Starling House. I don't think it's Starling House. No, that is not a Western. does not have Western tones to it. Western tones? It just means boring. Let's be real here. Oh, no. The one I picked, I love. It's so good. I'm excited for an excuse to read it again. Because it also is a grumpy sunshine romance. It can't be the fifth season. No, that's definitely not a Western romance. <laughs> and apparently it's not the book of cold cases. Is it fledgling? It is not fledgling. Leech. Nope. Well, that can't be is a... Arrows. <laughs> I love that you managed to completely skip past it. <laughs> the Book of Cold Cases, the fifth season, a blank space for month of June. The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy? Yeah. I should have figured it would be under romanticy when it's supposed to be a Western <laughs> romance. Again, I am not paying attention to details today. Um, <laughs> it had a really long title, so I just automatic automatically disregarded it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm very excited for The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. I loved it. It was so good. Does it at least not take place during, like, frontier Western times? So, he is, like, a cowboy. And she is an undertaker working in a morgue. But it is in a fantasy element, not in a traditional Western element. It's like a alternate planet kind of thing. 
but like is it like western technology with like steam trains and no no not not steam trains oh for fuck's sake the coal burning ones which i think wait is that steam yeah well it's no Uh, no it's coal burning I'm thinking of the steamboats. <laughs> Let's see here. So this is the cover. Oh, no. Let's do this. So I got distracted. What rabbit hole are we down right now? Western We're talking fantasy. about the fact that Amberly the- took it off of the list. But and then managed still to squeeze it back fucking- on western romance book on can't completely escape it see no it just says started screen sharing oh there we go no it changed hand down the The undertaking of heart and mercy he's a marshal he's not a cowboy sorry marshal i couldn't think of the word okay Okay, so for the listener, as this is being oh, as we stare silently in the scene, <laughs> Hart is a marshal and tasked with patrolling the strange and magical worlds of Hanria. Hanria, it's an unforgiving job, and Hart's got nothing but time to ponder his loneliness. Mercy never has a moment to herself. She's been single-handedly keeping Bird Soul and Son Undertakers afloat in defiance of sullen jerks like Hart, who seem to have a gift for showing up right when her patience is thinnest. After yet another exasperating run-in with Mercy, Hart finds himself penning a letter addressed simply to a friend. Much to his surprise, an anonymous letter comes back in return, and a tentative friendship is born. If only Hart knew he is, he's is he been bearing his soul to the person who infuriates him most, Mercy. As the dangerer from Tanara, Tanra grows closer, Henria. so do the... Henria, thank you. Grows closer, so does do the unlikely correspondence. But can their blossoming romance survive the fated discovery that their pen pals are their worst nightmares each other? So, so time period-wise... It's a fantasy that takes place on another planet. It's called Tanria. I mean, yeah, but like, what again, what kind of technology are we dealing here with here? Like you will have she's to holding a shovel, it. so there's that. But shovels are pretty, you know. You will have to wait and see. In July, you will find out in July. I mean, <laughs> I know, I don't know, because like I do like the trope where like they are interacting with each other without knowing it. And mm-hmm. they get along, or they hate each other, mm-hmm. and then the opposite dynamic is true in real life. So, like, you know, there's that. That's promising. It just depends on like the whole setting because if it is too and, western, like, grumpy, grumpy sunshine. Out. Yeah, no, you know, like I said, it, it, I managed to squeeze it in because it was going to be when I thought we were going to do western romance. It was going to be my pick for western romance. And then when you were like, no, I cannot do this, I went, okay, fine, we'll do romanticy, and here's my romanticy pick. I see. The joys of the fact that certain books can cross multiple genres. Also, I want to know if the sequel has come out yet, or is coming out soon. 
Is it the undermining of Twyla and Frank? Yeah. <gasps> this year, July of 2020 to 2024. Ah! That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, right in time. <laughs> right in time for us to read the first one. Yay! Okay. So, any any other thoughts on mythic fiction? All right. Then on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.